It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, welcome back to the Carton Blue podcast. My name is Dan Rowlandson and I'm joined by Matt Kendrick for another post-match debrief. Uh, it's the fourth defeat in a row for Aston Villa. Aston Villa won, West Ham United four. Uh, a capitulation in the second half, an embarrassment, uh, a shambles, a pathetic result. Whatever superlative you want to go with to describe this afternoon or this evening. Uh, once again, we sit here and pretty much copy and paste what we said last week and not good enough. Yeah, I mean, I think the capitulation, I'm not saying it can be excused, but it's probably understandable after the Villa reduced to 10 men. I thought long before then, Villa were poor. I, thought I actually thought we had a little bit of a spell, but I think it was 2-1 with 10 men and thought we're still in this game. Like We're not like dead and buried here. I'm not saying that we were going to come back, but I wasn't like thinking, oh, well, this is an absolute write-off here. We still had half an hour to go and I thought there was a chance we might be able to potentially nick one back with West Ham starting to give away sloppy sloppy passes and stuff but then their goals all very easy as well like I don't know how detailed we're going to go with this if we're going to try and break down everything in order I imagine it'll be a bit all over the place but far too easy for West Ham and arguably didn't really have to get out of second gear at any point really in that second half and that's probably why Villa got back into it a little bit to be honest Yeah I thought West Ham coasted to victory really mm. I thought we scored a, a well-worked goal um, which I thought was out of the blue to be honest, yeah. I'm not sure that we obviously deserved it because we scored it, but there was no sense that that goal was coming. Um, but West Ham just thought, okay, all right, then <laughs> better go down the other end and, and, and score another one. Um, and that's becoming a habit, isn't it? Villa scoring and then conceding straight afterwards. That's done, happened a couple of times now. Yeah, it's frustrating as hell because the success that Villa had last season, and it was success to, to finish 11th in your second season in the Premier League after. Narrow, narrowly avoiding relegation the first year. The success that they had was built on having that solid kind of back five, I suppose, mm-hmm. if you if including the goalie um, as well. And it just seems to have disappeared. It just seems to have, have crumbled. Now, we know that the change of formation, you know, undermined that a little bit. I thought it was, we know it was, it was overdue that Villa returned to a, a back four today, but it still surprised me massively that Mings was dropped, to be honest. Um, I think it's, it can pour over lots of different performances, but I think I think that that was the one mistake. I think dropping dropping Tyro Mings. So that was a mistake. I think it was a mistake, yeah, because okay. I think I think he's the glue that holds Villa together, even when he's having a bad personal performance. I think people can underestimate what he can do in terms of galvanising effect. I thought the other mistake was bringing Ashley Young on. Um, to centre mid, I, I, I really can't understand it. I can't understand it. You know, he's never played. He played there for Villa once or a couple of times before, but he's not. He's not a central midfielder. You know, if anything, bring him on at left back because Target's having a mare again at the moment. Uh, and I just, I just think that we shot ourselves in the foot today. Uh, let's not pretend West Ham are a very good team. They've got consistency of of 
selection, do you know what I mean? They've not had as much disruption as Villa, as, as Villa have had in terms of chopping and changing all the time. But if you look you look at the likes of Declan Rice, I suppose, um, what, what's the guy? Is it so, Suchek? Hmm. I never pronounce it correctly. If you look at them, the amount of kind of the composure they have on the ball, two proper defensive midfielders who can not only win the ball but can can use it wisely. Um, I'm not sure we've I'm not sure we've got that quality in there. I thought the Campbell was decent considering he's not played much at all. I thought he tried to be energetic, tried to get around, but he's not got that range of passing. He's not he's not as good on the ball as, as either of those two that I've just mentioned. But it was just it was just ramshackle. It was just it's the first time I've been to Villa Park this season and expected us to lose mm-hmm. and thought I'd be happy with a draw. And that might be, you know, uh, that might be because West Ham are flying high and are now in the Champions League positions. But it's also because I fear, I fear how ragged and disjointed we are at the moment. Hmm. There's loads to go out there from what you just said. A good couple of minutes there that I'm probably going to clip out on social. We could probably just end the podcast here, to be honest, because I don't really know what else to add. I think you've got, got it all spot on, to be honest. Uh, a few comments coming through as you were talking then. Someone said, the lad on the left's a dreamer. We spent millions and we're still rubbish. I haven't even spoken yet. I haven't said anything. I'm not anti-Smith or pro-Smith at this point. Uh, I also don't like that the arguments that we're going to see in the comments on social media in, in the coming days and weeks or however long that this Aston Villa exists for, that anyone who's anti-Smith now is going to go, look, told you so, told you we were rubbish. Almost like bragging the fact that they were right, that they've called that Villa were, were poor, and the pro Smith are going to adamantly, adamantly back their man. I've always said Smith in, and just, again, this is just going to be the conversation until a decision is made, either way, isn't it? Until he gets sacked, this is all will consume Villa fans now, whether it's Smith in or Smith out. I also still don't think sacking managers is the, is the right thing to do because I've not yet to see anyone with a realistic name to, to, to change it around, to be honest. I just, I just don't, don't see. What and so I think if there was a manager available who's better than Dean Smith and who wanted to come to Villa, I think the owners would have clicked their fingers and just gone and got them now. So I don't think that person is out there as it stands. I think the so worry. I go on. Sorry, go on. I don't think that's the answer. However, losing four in a row, and I think if we lose again on Friday against Southampton going into international break, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the last time we've just seen Smith at Villa Park. I don't think he'll, he'll be there for the game afterwards if we lose five in a row. I think. I'm probably getting ahead of myself there. I think the interesting thing about the big debate about who could do better is that at the moment, you know, and this is not me talking Villa down, I think, you know, think and believe that Villa should be, you know, really ambitious and really bold. But at the moment, if you're a brilliant, available manager who's Premier League ready, you're possibly going to have, and I know, Solskjaer won a game at the weekend, but you're possibly going to have Man United, Tottenham, mm. Newcastle with the you know the the massive investment that they've got. Villa are probably going to be fourth in the queue, and, that, and also yeah. if one of those clubs gets a manager from another Premier League side, that that job becomes available as well somewhere else. Well, that's it, and I think fourth in the queue of the names that we've heard talking about. Who are we talking? Grand Potter. And is yeah. Grant Potter going to be that upgrade that's going to kick Villa from here to here? It's a massive right unknown. That's why I'm not massively convinced to change manager. If the owners decide to do it, then yeah, absolutely, I'd back back the owners' decision because I'll support the club and whoever's there is who I'm going to support until they're no longer there. That's why I'm still on Smith's side to an extent because he's currently the manager. He's the manager of Aston Villa. I have to I have to back him because me saying Smith out isn't going to change that. So 
in my head, it doesn't doesn't matter whether I'm Smith in or Smith out. I can't change it until it happens. Potter feels very much like I'm not comparing him in style, but very much feels like the Lambert scenario that we'll be playing Brighton in a few weeks. And it, but oh, he's the opposition manager, but probably could do a job for Villa. But then what he comes here when we finish twelfth, eighth, and fifteenth, and in three years' time we sack Potter. And we go, oh, he was never good enough, and look, we just go round and round in the circle of looking at managers and thinking, oh, they'd be quite good, and they come and they're not. Unless you're going to go for someone like Conte or Mourinho, that massive step up from Smith to that, like you just said, to, to take you up the league instantly. I don't, I'm not quite sure what's out there and I don't know whether they will. But as I just said, losing four in a row, five in a row, six in a row, the owners won't stand for that and they will change it. It'll be a massive gamble when they do though, because Gerard, John Terry, Lampard, I personally don't see it, but would be delighted to be proved wrong with, with any of those names. If and when yeah, Smith is gone. Dean Smith has <laughs> got to be, he's got to find the solutions, hasn't he? And I think that's yeah. the concern at the moment that he doesn't seem to have the answers. Um, you know, he's come out post-match and said that it wasn't a 4-1 victory and that you know a couple of breakaway goals have killed us and the dodgy decision to send off every concert has killed us, which I agree. But I was pretty convinced, maybe it's because I'm a, I'm a boring old pessimist, but I was pretty convinced within the first 15 minutes of that match that we're going to lose it. Um, and when we kicked off the second half, even with 11 versus 11, I turned around and said to my nephew, I'd probably take a 2-1 defeat here, to be honest, because <laughs> I can just see it see it getting worse and worse. Um, I think the, the worry with Smith is, and it's, it's we can all be we can all be wise after the event, but the worry with Smith is, who's he leaning on at the moment? Because we know he's got Craig Shakespeare alongside him, and Craig Shakespeare doesn't suddenly become a bad coach, Overnight, Dean Smith doesn't mm-hmm. become a bad coach overnight, but those two people that you've lost, Richard O'Kelly and John Terry from the from the coaching team, are clearly clearly big absences. Um, I don't know. I really, I'm I'm like like you. I can before today, I thought it's a lot of hype and nonsense, and you know we'll weather this storm, we'll get over it, we'll get a couple of wins, <clears> and it'll be back. You know everything will be heading forwards again. I just feel like we're stuck in a horrible rut at the moment. Mm. And not only are we not playing well, but it's that cliche of things going against us as well. That's sending off Ollie Watkins' header coming back off the bar that might have been mm. enough to sneak us, you know, away back into that game. <clears throat> um, those those two those first two goals, I mean perhaps I'm perhaps I'm being harsh on him. But- uh, yeah, Martinez, I agree. I think he. I think he saved all. I think he saves those kind of shots normally. And whether he's, he's obviously had some issues this week with his his, his personal life, but it's those kind of little margins mm. that are going against us. And if that it's, snowballs, that builds up into negative momentum, <clears throat> that can claim managers eventually. It's it's the manner of the defeats, isn't it? After you beat Man United, we've lifted this curse of never being beating Man United and put a fresh curse on us that we will never win a game since you beat Man United but have to lose every other game since we've taken that deal. Should, momentum should be high after that, confidence should be high, and then you go and lose to Tottenham, who, who are average at best, let's let's face it. Throw away against Wolves, and since that last fifteen minutes of Wolves, we've been abject in, in both games. So that's what What's the maths off the top of my head? 100, 200 minutes of football or something. Like Two full games, Arsenal today, and that last part of Wolves. We've just been, we just do nothing. Even from the kickoff, we are, I mean, we've had four attempts at kickoff today, and 
it's back to the centre-back, lofts it down into the channels and out for throwing. Every time the same. Now, it's such a basic thing to, to to kind of pick out. But that's the chance to like reset after the goal. Right, let's calm it down. And we just blast it out for a throw-in, trying to like... Our only option is, right, ping it up into a, a, a flank, try and hold it up, and then we'll just wait and see what happens off the second ball. That seems to be our tactic at the moment. And it's not even like, well, Leon Bailey is, is the Jack Grealish, you know, give it to him and let him do his magic. We don't even really seem to do that. Well, let's give it to him. And, well, yeah, that's what I mean. When he gets it, the odd flick and the little roulette here and there, he looks like you know, a nice, flashy player. But again, I'm being harsh here probably because we were rubbish, but he's had 60 minutes today where he's not really done a fat lot. But no, we're not, not getting it to him in the sense that we did with Grealish. It's like it's a one-man team. I'll just give it to Bailey and he'll do something because it's just lump it forward and hope we win a flick on. That's not good enough. Yeah, well, I think I think you know if you're playing neck-high <coughs> balls down the flank to your two, your two wingers, you're asking a lot of them. Also, against you know, West Ham, a massively physical side that win yeah. everything in the air. While we're playing yeah. long ball and pumping it into the box and the long throw-ins as well, like, I know we're all for that when it works for Danny Ings in, the, in the, one of the first couple of games of the season. But that's now become a thing that, oh, here we go, another long throw. Leon Bailey taking long throws that aren't even that long and we're lofting into to Sushek and, and Sufal and whoever are six-foot giants just winning everything in the air. And it's... It just feels like very one-dimensional, right? Let's just punt it up and we'll, we'll try and win a flick on. There doesn't seem to be anything more than that. And I know you've said we're in a rut and it's hard to get yourself out of that when you lack confidence, but that seems very amateurish to me to, do, to play that way. Yeah, it's who's brave enough in there to want to take the ball because from kick, like you say, from kickoff, it's going back to Matt Target, who's giving it to Courtney Hawes, who's knocking it back to <laughs> Emmy Martinez. And... Who's going to come and take the ball off the back four and start to make things happen? And I don't think there was that. I don't think anybody was brave enough to come and show for the ball, not often enough. So you are going long. You're going long all the time. I thought Watkins did okay, to mm. be honest. I thought he did okay. He was having to chase a lot of nothing, if I'm honest. But I thought, thought he did okay. A couple of times and stuff like that. And again, things like that sent the tone. I think yeah. the goalkeeper rolled it out for a corner and he trying to clear yeah. it. And little things like that kind of get us all up for it. The way I <laughs> call well, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, me and my dad were saying off that, the free kick from the, the red card that Conta got, uh, you know, almost let him play on, let him have the goal scoring opportunity because, you know, let's, let's, let's risk it. And then we sat there and we'd probably have scored though, wouldn't either way it's going. So let's, let's, let's be happy with the free kick. Um, I think yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know what to say anymore. Something's got to change, hasn't it? So either Dean Smith changes it, or he finds it changed for him. I think. Well, I think mm. we're into that territory now, where whereby it's too close for comfort. The relegation zone is too close for comfort, mm. and I know it's congested down there. And I know we're only <laughs> four or five me. points eight, shall we say? But we're three points off the bottom three. Um, ten points from ten games isn't good enough, is it? For where we want to be, we're, we're projected to get less points than we got last season. Last season, and all the way through, we've always said if Villa take a step back, you know, we've made season on season progress, they mean they start to potentially go backwards. Yeah, fair enough. If the owners want to change it, I'll back that decision. And we're on course to do less than we did last season, unless we suddenly pull our finger out. Some of the anti-Dean Smith stuff, I don't, I don't quite agree with. I'm seeing stuff in the comments, things like, you know, there's too many coaches on the touchline, like who's making the decisions. But you look at West Ham's bench, and they've got three or four coaches around David Moyes as well. So I don't, don't really buy stuff like that. Someone just said Smith can't do tactics, but it's like well, when we win games and we're doing well, we we agree that we have got a game plan, doing things the right way. Like we've got this far with Dean Smith, so to all of a sudden say he's not good enough, I just don't buy stuff like that. But it's we are 
undeniably in this rut of bad form. And it does feel like watching on now that they don't know how to get out of it. So I don't I don't think it's that Smith isn't good tactically or the squad's not good enough. They're just in this position and they can't find anything within themselves to get out of it. And one of the things that's always been a positive of Villa in the last year or two is that they seem to have got this well, you know, well close together, tight knit group, good mentality, good training ground. I just don't even get the sense that that's there anymore. I don't know whether that's just I'm reading too much into defeats, but body language doesn't look great. Players coming off and and looking distressed and you know arguing and stuff like that. I know you're losing games, and I also wouldn't want to see them happy and post on social media and, and you know being happy about losing either. So you know, it's a fine line I'm asking them to tread, but it doesn't seem like there's that that squad that mentality there that we're used to. Yeah, I mean I've seen I've seen people saying that the Buendia storming down the tunnel was another example of Smith losing the dressing room. I'm not sure I'd buy that, to be honest. I think that says more about Buendia. I was really disappointed that he did that. You know, anybody knows why that substitution's been made. Yeah. You know, you've just had your centre-half sent off. What are you going to do? Of course, you're going to bring another defender back on. And Buendia was the obvious, you know, full guy. And I just don't think, I don't think that sits, sits well. You know, you sit, you know, unless you're freezing cold and you've got a coat that's waiting for you in the dressing room, fine. But you sit in the, you sit in the dugout and you support the team like, like everybody else. It's, it's a squad game. So that, I found that disappointed. He did come back out though. James Doyle says Buendia went to get his coat and a drink, didn't he? He did come back out. He he wasn't happy though. You could tell he wasn't happy. I was sit right in front of the dugout. He did look like he stormed off. But again, like if he came off happy to be off, we'd all be going, You've come off and we're losing the game. Like, why isn't he bothered? So, like I say, it's a fine line. I want them to be bothered with the fact that we're losing games, but that tight knit kind of community feel at Bodymore, he doesn't seem to be there from the outside looking in. I don't go to Bodymore. I don't see what it's like in training. Dean Smith says, you know, they're a great bunch of lads and we all believe we can get out of get out of this and turn it around. But from the outside looking in, when I go to Villa Park every couple of weeks, I don't see that mentality there in, in recent weeks, to be honest. No, I think to me, <clears throat> Do we know, does Dean Smith know what the best 11 is now? And can we get them on the field? So, you know, what Let's talk the about the 11? players. Let's talk about the players because I said last week and people were having a go at me in the comments for it in the, you know, when it was off air. So, so I said something like, you know, yeah, I understand people saying Dean Smith out, but it's not Dean Smith who isn't jumping at corners like John McGinn wasn't last week against Wolves. Uh, he, it's not his fault that Matt Target is playing sloppy passes every five minutes, but I understand that it's Dean Smith's job to pull a player off if they're, if they're not performing as well. You can't do that when you're actually young playing left into central field, though, can you? Which is, a, again, a strange decision. So, you know, I understand that Smith's got to do better with the squad that he's got, but I don't know what our best 11 is. The, you know, the players are also suffering with that lack of confidence, and when things aren't going right, things don't go right, do they? I don't know. Let's get through Best 11, Martinez in goal. Matty Cash, to me, Konza, Mings, and it probably is still target, to be honest, unless we think Ashley Young. Potentially, I think that one's up for grabs for me. I actually um, thought Young was all right in central midfield. Or he just shot to right wing, didn't he, I think, towards the end as well. Um, I thought he was okay. But he isn't a central midfielder. But what do you do, bring on Chuck Maker, 17-year-old? I don't know. I don't have the answers for this. It's a difficult one, isn't it? It's a difficult one, but if you've got a centre midfielder on the bench <laughs> and the vacancy comes up, I can I can understand it. I think probably without Mings in the team, he thought he needs experience and leaders in there, and Young was probably a better bet than than Chuck and Mike. 
troublemaker in 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 that sense. Um, but yeah, so where were we? So that's the, the back five. Then you you know let's well, if you you back four plus your goalie and three and a three again. I think we probably agreed is the the best way forward. So Watkins yeah. gets the nod nod over Ings for now. Presume well. Was Ings injured or? I don't know. Ill? I've not seen anything. I've, I've come back up, come back and not seen a single thing. Him and Louise were just out, and I assume it's injured or, or illness. So then, who's your? Is it? Is Buendia, Buendia and Bailey your two best? I options? think yeah. I think Louise, Louise Ramsey, McGinn is your best midfield three. Sanson is probably technically the best, better midfield than Ramsey, but he's never fit, so he's not even really part of the conversation. And it's a front three of Bailey, Watkins, and Ings, isn't it? Which is a hundred millions worth pound, a hundred million pounds worth of talent playing up front. Like that should be a good side on paper. Someone just said Matty Cash FC. Matty Cash was good today. Probably the, the one standout positive. Burst forward on the right a few times, but so what? Almost, do you know what I mean? We lost four one. Like he was good, but I don't really care. That the, the, the whole squad's got to be better. Target on the other side was horrific. I thought. <coughs> Yeah, you need more than two or three players to play well if you're going to compete in this division. And it's just, uh, I, I'm not not saying I told you so, but when people, you know, Christian Perslow is giving the big speech, hasn't he? Saying we've, you know, we head of the, you know, head of the curve, if you like. We when we knew Grealish was going, that we we knew we couldn't replace him with one player, we replaced him with with three players and, you know, the timing of the Ings announcement and we'd already signed Buendia and we'd already signed Bailey. There's a real feel-good factor to say, right, you know, all aboard, we're off to Europe. Now, <laughs> I wasn't quite convinced then, but neither did I think we'd have a squad who would lose the last four games the way they've lost them. Mm. Um, so I think we're not quite as good as people thought thought we would be or thought we should be. We're clearly not. But st- still to me, I think 11th or 10th this season would still be progress. I know 11th is exactly the same same place as last season, but we were Jack Grealish FC for three years. So yeah, 11th or 10th is still progress. Is that achievable still? Of course it is. But <laughs> how much longer do we do we say... We're going to turn a corner. We're going to turn a corner. We're going to turn a corner before an average disappointing season becomes an alarming crisis season. So, yeah. I think the last couple of weeks, the art, the way we started against Arsenal, the flat, how flat most of tonight's performance was. Those two things have, have made me think. See, if it was just going to be an average season of consolidation. Grealish is gone, bedding in new players. We're still going to be somewhere between ninth and 13th. I'd take that. Now, I know a lot of Villa fans wouldn't take it because we want to kick on. We want to get back to where we came from a decade or more ago. I'd take somewhere ninth to 13th. But my concern now is that the more this goes on, the more confidence erodes, then it's going to become more of a panic season than that. So the Dean Smith, the strong Dean Smith out brigade won't just accept it becoming a consolidation season. Anything less than eighth in the Premier League, they want him gone. So I don't think we're going to get to that stage. So I think even if Villa come out of this rut 
and find a way forward, unless they find it at that pace of momentum, there's still going to be these murmurings and this kind of hand-rubbing when we lose a game. I don't like that, but equally, I can see now more than I could a month ago that there's a little few kind of cracks appearing, and it's the manager's job somehow to, I don't know, to put sticky plasters on them or to, to find proper solutions on them quickly. Well, it's it's how long the the owners last, isn't it? With with that formula, do we have to actually slip into the bottom three before they they make a change, or do you just look at the the formula at the moment and go, yeah, if we lose one more, if we lose two more, then we then we make the change. I mean, that's their decision, isn't it? Which is why I don't really see the point being too. Oh, someone in the comments just said I've got no backbone, so I won't say all my thoughts. I'm banging the middle. My opinion makes no difference. I don't. I hate to break it to you, but me being pro Dean Smith doesn't keep him in the job being anti-Dean Smith doesn't get him sacked either so he's the manager of Aston Villa as of tonight so he has my support when I go to Villa Park that's that's as far as it goes for me I can see that he's not good enough at the moment but I'm willing to give him the chance to make it right because that's what the owners who've, of Aston Villa have decided to do it's their money it's their neck on the line arguably it doesn't make any difference to my life whether Dean Smith stays or goes does it because it's not my decision to make while he's here I back him if they sack him we move on to the next guy and whoever ex-manager is gets my same support in the way that Smith has. That's how I approach it. I think the big big thing for me is that <laughs> if, the man, if, the, if the owners do decide to pull the plug sometime in the next month or so, they don't want a short, sharp shop manager. For what? So we can go from 15th to 10th. They want to make sure that the next person they appoint can pick up this project and have the three years' worth of progress that they've enjoyed since they've been here. So that's that's a big decision because we've already said before earlier in the podcast that you, you're fishing in a very narrow pool. With really, competition. To not only get somebody who's available, who wants to come to Villa, um, who can have an in- instant impact in that dressing room, but can then go and... Build something. Build the next. Like, the next like stage. I said before, the if if the one of those managers, Man United, Spurs, uh, I can't remember one of the others who, who you said, potentially you know, Arsenal, the has always got talk of leaving, hasn't he? As well, if any of one of those managers ends up going, and a Brendan Rodgers leaves, or Graham Potter leaves Brighton to go to to Leicester or whatever, whatever manager managerial uh, merry-go-round it is, then Leicester are also looking for a club, looking for a manager who are in a better position than us. Brighton at the moment in a better position than us. So it's not it's not just as easy as going Bruce out, contain. Because if you think that, I just I disagree wholeheartedly. Because it won't come, it won't happen. Allardyce says Jason. Out, so people in the comments have said uh, no, Conte. I said. I um, said Bruce out, contain. Oh, sorry, if I did, yeah, well, I might have done, yeah. Uh, Smith out, contain. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. Jason O'Brien just said Allardyce? Question mark. No. <laughs> Jimmy Kerr said Watford just got Ranieri. He's better than Smith. He's not. He isn't. You want Ranieri managing Aston Villa? Nuno, Rafa? I just I just don't see it. I don't see it because that's not the, the fix that Villa want. If they make the manager change soon, it has to be someone like Sam Allardyce. Really? Sam Allardyce? I mean, it's, we're going to go round and round, aren't we? Steven Gerrard, please, says Danny O'Connor. It's a big risk, isn't it? Something like that. Lampard at Chelsea. Rooney at Derby, going for someone that's not, not experienced. So, I don't know. I just don't know. Uh, is, is Stephen Gerrard a better manager than Dean Smith in the Premier League? People saying that Dean Smith's only got experience in League One. Stephen Gerrard's got no Premier League experience either. 
we're just going to go round and round in circles, aren't we? And until the owners, might, this is what I mean. This is why I don't get too involved with it because if the owners don't sack him, this whole conversation is relevant to everybody watching this because we've got no power here. We cannot change it. So you have to you have to support who's there. This is why I just don't be I don't get being so anti the manager or anti a player because you can't change it. The only way it'll change is if and I'm not encouraging people to do this, but it'll change if Villa Park decides to change it. You know, in terms of the in, in, impact the, the supporters can have, and you know, Dean Smith Smith out is trending on Twitter today. Um, there's a few <laughs> there's a few grumbles around me. Um, from fe- fellow misery guts around me who were, you know, having a bit of a moan and a shout saying his time had come. But that still doesn't seem to have gathered enough momentum. You know, the, 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 I didn't stay around very long after the final whistle, but I presume, presume there weren't chance of Smith there to him. I presume Smith wasn't booed down the touchline, was he? Um, so, I don't know. I think for me, if and when the owners decide to to pull the plug or, you know, chop the manager's head off or whatever the whatever the thing is, then they will only do that when they have confidently sounded out, done their due diligence, know that, that the next manager is available. Um, and that sounds a little bit kind of cloak and dagger and, and Machiavellian going behind people's backs. But these are, these are astute businessmen who I don't think they're going to sack Smith and then think, you know, <laughs> for example, do a do a Tottenham with when they got rid of Mourinho and then were left floundering until they mm. got their their seventy fourth choice in and then chased him out a month later. I don't think they'll do that. I think when the time time comes to pull the trigger, they'll have pretty much got their got their man lined up. You know what I mean? Almost having yeah. having waiting in arrivals before Dean Smith leaves the departure lounge. Um, yeah, and if, if but, that is Friday night and we lose to Southampton, they go, right, international break. We know we're getting rid of Smith. We know we can go and get Potter. He'll be in for the next game. Fine. I'm on board with that because the owners have decided that's what they want to do. But until then, you've got either just think you've got to back the manager and hope he changes it. At the minute, though, I just don't know how they can. I don't know how we beat Southampton. I don't know how we beat whoever's after that. It's at the stage where you start looking at it going, I don't know where the next point's coming from because we're so abject of anything at the moment. And that, that's that's disappointing. First thing you do is take <clears> clean sheet. Yeah. Just yeah what happened to that? Us. Clean sheets and, and good defensive displays? That was that remember was that last season when um, Martinez was on to win the Golden Glove. Yeah. Whatever we got, you know, talking about, has he broken Brad Friedel's record? Blah, 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 blah. You know, I'd take... <laughs> I'd take one clean sheet, let them ride <laughs> 10 in a row or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting Friday night. It's going to at least, you know, ruin the weekend nice and early again, can't they? Thank you yeah. next week rather than ruining it on a Sunday when the clocks go back and I've got to go back to work. Um, last thing I just want to touch on, because you mentioned it at the start and we just brushed over it. I just wanted to get your opinion on the Ming stuff. So again, I'm not even, don't even care what the comments say at this place, but we've obviously been very Ming's pro Mings, I guess people would say, or Mings apologists, or whatever you want to call it. Him getting dropped, dropped was a surprise, though. I, I didn't think Smith would do that. Now, what does what sign does that send out, I guess? Is that, uh, I've got no faith in my captain? Does that make Smith look weak? Or is it a, I don't care if you are captain, I will drop you if you're not playing well? No, I think it's, I think anybody's fair game if they're not playing up to the required standard. Um, but that supposes that you've got a big queue of really brilliant defenders to come in. Um, you know, Twan Zebe, 
has had his moments this season where he's not been on it. Um, you know, I think Cons is a better player with Mings alongside him. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't think it says I don't trust my captain anymore. I just think it. I just think it's. Smith deemed that that Mings wasn't wasn't of the required standard, so dropped him. He'll be back. In, <laughs> he was back in yeah. today, and he'll be back in on Friday. <laughs> so we we move on again. But whoever he puts across his back three, back five, back four, have got to be a lot better than that collectively, because that's what's letting that's what's letting Villa down. You know, I know we've still got a click in attack, and you know what did Ash did he say hundred million pound strike force? Yeah. Something was it? Today, um, Ish. didn't didn't look like it that often. Um, you know, <laughs> Jared Bowen today has easily outshone Villa's two wide men. Um, you know, got the pace and trickery. Whereas, I don't know. I, I was really um, really disappointed with with Bailey. And Buendia, but again, the they're settling the- in, aren't they? Still, I think, and it, we've played rubbish, so it's difficult to judge when we're, we're so poor, isn't it? I think. Yeah, I'm done anyway. Yeah, yeah I'm, <laughs> I'm so done. It's horrible, isn't it? Um, there'll be some kind of midweek podcast. I'm off Tuesday and Thursday, so it won't be me. <laughs> many people will be glad to know, and no, I just don't care about doing one of these again anyway. Uh, so we'll get asked to talk about it with some actual football knowledge and see what he thinks about the manager. See whether he also. Before we move on, uh, there's a few people saying about Potter being a Villa fan. Do we know if that's true, by the way? I know he's from Solly Hall, but that's what I'm making I think his family are blue noses, to be honest. Okay, cool. So that, that, that's worked out then. Um, well, we'll call it a day there. Like I said, there'll be some kind of midweek podcast anyway. Again, I guess it'll be you and me on next Friday night to talk about hopefully three points. But if it's not, it'll be another depressing one, won't it? So that'll be fun. Uh, thanks for all the comments for tuning in. There's 700 people watching, which is probably one of our highest ever. Um, so yeah, most people, you know, pretty pretty nice in the comments, but a few a few nasty ones. I've blocked some blue, so enjoy that. Uh, Matt, thank you very much for your time. As always, um, it's been a Halloween horror show. I think Ash called it. Uh, so yeah, let's let's get out of here, and we'll see you again later in the week. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode, but until then, up the villa. Up the villa.